Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Look, if you just click the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. Rochelle Sotan is the creative publisher of the blog Tuesday Morning Love, a veteran of the literary arts. She has collectively created thought provoking poetry gripping stories, and transforming commentaries for more than 25 years. Her passion lies in her unwavering commitment to serve and deliver weekly commentary that focuses on a variety of subject matters, including awareness, opposition, affirmative change, clarity, forgiveness, hope, pride, gratitude, responsibility, courage, advocacy, peace, renewal, and personal development. She believes in the power of metamorphosis and honors its presence in her own life. As a personal touch to her weekly narrative, she often uses her distinctive challenges as tools for growth and a space for others to share. She engages readers to reach within themselves for opportunities for change and redemption. 
As a philanthropist and life skills consultant, Rochelle understands her purpose in life and embraces the divine necessity of fulfilling it. Her professional background in multimedia communications and foreign affairs afforded her the ability to understand people well and use that understanding effectively in influencing and persuading others to act. Rochelle Sotan, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Thank you, Michael. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for having me on the show tonight. Wow. Well, thank you for joining us. You know, when I was reading your bio and uh, just some of the things about you, uh, one of my favorite things that I love to talk about with people who have an impact on others is purpose. And, um, you know, it's amazing when we connect ourselves with our real purpose, what we can do. And just tell us a little bit about that self-discovery for you as well as what you're doing now. Well, uh, there are – it took many years for me to get to this point, um, to the point of being aware of my purpose of life. I've been writing for a very long time. I've been writing since I was a little girl. Uh, around age six or so, and I started out writing poetry. Um, I loved to play on words when I was a kid, and I knew that writing was something that could free my soul, and so uh, so that's what it did. I, I've always been a writer for the most part. Um, the book, Tuesday Morning Love, it serves as a... A spiritual platform. Uh, Tuesday Morning Love is a book about love, and it offers 52 commentaries and weekly affirmations that provide insight, renewal, and transformation for the individual soul. Um, it's a collective of memoirs, both personal and shared, from a few extraordinary everyday people. Some of the stories have never before been shared, and these stories awaken the senses and heal the heart and challenge us to consider a variety of things on many levels. And so uh, the purpose of this book began as a blog five years ago. Uh, It's now a book, and it's giving birth to a radio platform in 2015, uh, some of the stories in the book have shared have, have been shared previously um, over on the blog over and over the years, and they continue to serve as a podium for reinforcement, support, and healing. So, my my purpose as a writer is to bring awareness to the reader, uh, to open the senses, to kind of get people to think about things they wouldn't ordinarily think about. And so that's how I've, I've arrived at this point. So tell us, um, what, what do you think your purpose is with having an impact on others, um, with being able to have a skill set that sees beyond maybe what most people observe in everyday life? Well, uh, some people would refer to me as a um, change agent of sorts. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I believe that we are all agents of change. Uh, one of the most beautiful things about being a change agent is that you you can bring about a shift, you know, one that is progressive and complementary to those it affects. So um, I believe that we all have something to get out of this life, and we all have something to give back. 
so I, I believe that my um, my purpose here, part of my purpose on on Earth, is to share my experiences, to help others find their voice, be it through writing or reading or otherwise, and uh, just to kind of open up those conversations because transparency brings about healing, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the things that I write about are uh, transparent. So, so explain explain your title to us. Um, Tuesday Morning Love. Um, where do you get that? <laughs> Tuesday Morning Love, um, as I mentioned, it began uh, five years ago as a blog. And prior to it being a blog, it was an email. I just received this inspirational email on a Tuesday mm-hmm. morning. And, you know, when you get something good and wonderful, you want to share it with others. Mm-hmm. And so I went to forward this this message and uh, to my, my group, my little inspirational group at the time, and I figured, you know, well, I have to give it a, a title. What do I call it? Mm, <laughs> and so I, I went to the to the uh, subject line, and I, it was a Tuesday morning, so I said it was Tuesday morning, and then it just all of a sudden just hit me that it was love. And I think that was one of the first times that I really looked at writing and inspirational messages and motivational speaking as as a form of love. Mm, yeah. And, wow. and that's really really how Tuesday Morning Love, uh, the whole Tuesday Morning Love brand emerged from there. It's interesting because, you know, Monday's very difficult for a lot of people. You know, we yeah. we went into most of our challenges at the beginning of the week, and, you know, we, we didn't get enough of the weekend to heal from the week that we had before, and then here comes mm-hmm. Monday and this big slap again in the, you know, the back of your neck or whatever it is that you would visualize that, that Monday morning grind being for you. And yeah. um, so when I saw Tuesday Morning Love, and I want to, you know, let my listeners peek into what I thought was interesting about that. I said, that's a good time. That's a good time. Tuesday morning. It really is. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, um, it's the second day of the week and, uh, it's a time where you get over the Monday blues that some people will have the Monday blues and some people don't. Um, I do Mondays relatively well, but Tuesday is a nice, um, meeting point in the week even more so than Wednesday where you can, you know, you just you kind of get your feet in and you have something that you can meditate on for the rest of the week and you just can, you can, you know, just kind of let it roast for the rest of the week and it's good. It's really good. Mm. Wow. And, um, so very proud of Tuesday morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's a Tuesdays great Tuesdays have become well. my, my favorite day of the week. All right. So um, you've been doing this blog for some time now. And, um, you know, give us an idea. What has been some of the reactions that people have had to some of your words of inspiration and encouragement? Oh, well, you know, that that is, Michael, that is the beauty of sharing uh, stories, sharing perspectives, sharing space and time is that you never really know 
how you're going to impact someone's day, uh, just a word or a phrase or a thank you or a compliment. Um, you know, I, I, I consider myself to be a giver, so I'm always giving something. If it's just a word of encouragement or advice if I'm asked or a compliment, I think those are the, the, the small things that really – uh, really keep us grounded. And so every now and again I, I will get um, an email or a phone call or a tweet from someone, you know, saying, well, how did you know I needed this today? Well, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't. I wouldn't have known that you needed it today. But that's that's the beauty of sharing is that we are reflections of each other and my story is the next person's story, and the next person's day is somebody else's day. And so it kind of, you know, gives people an opportunity to know that they're never, they're never alone. And presently the mm-hmm. blog is being shared and read and viewed in more than 30 countries, and wow. I, I don't even know how that happened. <laughs> but it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Absolutely. I'm going to put you in an odd um, space right now. I want you to imagine yourself as someone who is not the author of this book, Tuesday Morning Love, and you've just read it, and, and it, it's done quite a bit for you, but you're referring it to a friend. Tell tell us how you would explain that, why someone would read your book, and, and what it's done, and what it can do for you. Well, as a reader, if I were uh, referring the book to a friend, I would definitely advise them that this particular book is it's not your average book because there are 52 stories in the book to, to begin with, and each story offers um, a different kind of source of in, inspiration in itself. And at the end of each story, it's encapsulated with uh, an affirmation um, mm-hmm. that you can take away with. Mm-hmm. And so... This book holds a broad variety. It covers a broad uh, variety of subject matters um, from forgiveness to um, seeking inner peace. Um, There's a story from um, one of my contributors about sexual assault and how she overcame that. Um, There are stories in the book from men who are fathers who have overcome adversities uh, such as homelessness and, um, you know, just a variety of, of, of goodness. And so the good thing about this book is that it can, there, there's something in it for everyone and for anyone. So there's something that each person can take away and relate to. And, you know, you kind of read a story and say, you know, yes, I'm a single mother too. I'm a divorcee too. You know, I have a dad. This is how I view my father. I have um, relationship issues with my mother as well. You know, so there's there's something in there for everyone to kind of relate to. So um, that is is what I would give away. Yeah, yeah, and you know, great inspiration. You know, the the art of storytelling um, is so powerful. I mean, because you can you can tell a story to help. Um, to educate someone. You can tell a story um, to entertain, but you can also tell a story to enlighten, inform, and also heal. 
So, you know, those are the things that I'm really interested in in this book and in these stories themselves and how they impact people is how they help someone to assimilate and see themselves within the story and also find within this affirmation uh, a new sense of power or something that they can hold on to to restructure their lives and get themselves out of this cycle that they seem to have been trapped in. Yes, yes. And, you know, uh, there's even a, a story, a very powerful story in the book of um, a moment in time when I was living in Boston as a child where I was born, and it speaks of an incident that happened on the boulevard where I lived. And it was a racially related incident. And the years that followed that incident um, not only changed my perspective, because I'm, I'm an African-American woman, uh, not only changed my perspective as an African-American woman, but it also allowed me to see another side. Um, and that other side was, you know, forgiveness. In order for the world to really heal, we have to forgive those who um, you know, may do wrongdoings against us. We have to forgive in order to move forward as a whole. And so there's stories like that, um, you know, of different different kinds of adversities that people can certainly relate to. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, there's something that I see going on in society now. Um, I, I don't know if you see it the same way, uh, but there there's a lack of communication real communication, thought-provoking communication amongst Absolutely. you know people now in, in our culture. And it, it's beginning to really tear away at the fabric of who we are. And, and it's quickly becoming a problem um, faster than anyone, I think, is addressing it. And um, tell me about your observation of the same thing. Well, I'm, I'm in total agreement with you. Um, I believe that... Uh, each individual culture has their own issues. You know, every culture has um, certain issues within that culture. And the African-American community, we have several issues that need to be addressed within our cultures, um, within our culture. Uh, you know, our family structure is one. Um, I talk a lot in the book about... My family structure, I have three siblings, two sisters and one brother, um, and how, you know, we don't always see eye to eye. There is love. There is love. But we don't always agree. And so I think we have been conditioned for a very long time uh, to just kind of, you know, not be our sister's keeper, when we really should be, you know, mm -hmm. just um, things that are, are critical uh, within that are happening within the community. And so I speak on that. Um, I speak on relationships between black men and black women. I am a divorced uh, single parent. So, you know, I've kind of, I've been around for a little while, so I've, I've had an opportunity uh, to experience um, several things on different levels within within my culture and outside of my culture, and so I share those stories 
to uplift others and to kind of give them a sense of, you know, you're not alone. We're all in this together. And we really do have to uh, to do better. We have to find better ways to communicate and commune and coexist. Absolutely. Yeah, and social media has given us this weird crutch. It's a, it's a way of interacting that is somewhat it, it's somewhat meaningless. A lot of times there are things that are going back and forth that really don't mean anything. And it's the same thing you did the day before. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. it's become um, this habitual um uh i i would i would say it's an expanded elevator talk that goes back and forth back and forth but there's no real communication in there there's nothing that gets you to the point where yeah. you're really finding out where a person's head is at and, and what they're feeling that day well so social media has um in a very big way crippled us in that regard uh, you know, um, the the art of communication is kind of out the window. And so we've found so many other ways to do it that those real conversations rarely exist. They They exist, but they rarely exist. And we need more of them. We need more of them. Yeah, and I agree. And I think that, you know, there are ways that we can use social media in just that way to really plug people back into something that is meaningful, that a dialogue that is um, pertinent and relevant to what's going on today and give people a voice and an opportunity to not only hear others' opinions and point of views, but to share their own as well. Yes, absolutely. So, um I see people calling in, and I'm going to give you guys a shot in a minute. Um, I've got someone whose last four numbers is 6328, and the other person's last four numbers is 5716. I see you there, and we're going to get to you probably at the 30-minute mark. But I just wanted, um, because you're looking at doing a radio show as well, let's talk a little bit about that. What do you want to address in this format of this show that you have coming up? And will it also be titled... um, Tuesday Morning Love? It will be titled Tuesday Morning Love. Um, I don't have an exact date as to when it will launch, but I'm looking for this to be an extension of the Tuesday Morning Love platform that is already evolving. And I Mm -hmm. want it to be, um, you know, kind of like an open table for people to, um, to bring their um, issues and concerns and interests to the table, you know, just open up the table. Let's let's talk about it. We need to talk, you know. We we need to talk, and so I'm looking for it to be um, a platform that will inspire and extend, and you know, I just want it to be something contagious because inspiration is contagious and mm-hmm. positivity is contagious, and so uh, you know, Tuesday morning love is representative of what the world needs now is love. And and I, I believe that. More love, more love, more light. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, when we look at some of the behaviors that are going on now, that we really can't find anything in parallel in our past, that some of the, the behaviors of young people as well as most people, for, for that matter, it, it's 
gone to such an extreme, even, you know, when we're talking about um, road rage and things like that. People have a lot of pent-up anger and aggression. And really what all that is is they're not dealing with things the way they should. They've got a lot on their mind and on their chest that they're they're just not venting. They're not dealing with. And they're not in a healthy process of, um, you know, growing through some of the challenges of life. Well, Michael, you know, that that's uh, yet another um, aspect of society and the culture in which we live. We have been taught and conditioned to an extent that, you know, don't don't air your dirty laundry. Don't uh, talk about this. Submerge that. Put that under the rug. You know, if you have um, an, an issue of a serious matter like a sex addiction or alcoholism, don't talk about that. You know, it's embarrassing. You're going to embarrass your family. You're going to embarrass your children. And the only way that healing ever really can begin is by bringing the issues to the table. Now, if you don't want to do that in a public forum, you know, you can certainly do that in a, thera- a therapeutic forum. Mm-hmm. But again, I believe that, uh, you know, much of the African-American community, we have been conditioned to believe that therapy is not something for us. And that is a misconception. Um I think people need to talk more, you know. People need to address more of their own personal issues. And it's really not an easy thing to do. It, it's, it's really not an easy thing to do. You need a support system. You need a community. You know, you need family and friends that support you taking the road less traveled. And Absolutely. so, uh, you know, it has become... Uh, this this really big issue, and we're doing better now um, in our within our communities with having many of those conversations. We're getting there. <laughs> we're we're in the getting there, but we're not we're not quite there yet. And I just want to touch on this a little bit because I'm sure this was a major challenge for you. It was for me as well. Um, what were some of the things you discovered and some of the processes that helped you to to find yourself again after going through your divorce? Oh, some of the, the uh, processes was developing the, the inner courage to mm. seek help. You know, there, there's, there has to be something in you of greater value and we know what that is. It's, it, it, it stretches far beyond who we are. There has to be something, even if it's just a, a little inkling that want, of you that wants more, that wants to do better, that wants to um, not be repetitive of a process. And, and, you know, I think part of what helps us get there is when it really, really hurts when we discover that, you know, I'm in pain and this doesn't feel good. And, um, you know, I went through an array of of things uh, during my marriage and after my divorce and raising my children and I struggled as a single parent and um, couldn't quite see the sunshine on the other side of the rainbow. 
But I always knew that God was with me and that Mm -hmm. kept me. And I had supportive friends and I had people who I knew loved and cared about me. So I knew that there was always hope. And where there's hope, there's everything. And so that really, that alone really helped me to, um, you know, to get to to this place. But it took a very long time. I mean, it took a, a series of, you know, necessary and divine detours for me to be able to evolve into the person that God is intending for me to be, whoever that is. Um, I am now living and on the path of a purpose-driven life. And there is mm-hmm. no greater feeling than awakening. There's no greater feeling than, you know, just waking up one day and being completely in love with yourself and mm. just being able to mm. fall in love with yourself over and over and over again. Wow. It's wow. beautiful. Yeah. And um, tell us about the surrender it takes for one to get to that point, to really to understand that there's a greater purpose for you and to sort of let go of the direction that you already had in mind that's not working for you, but for some reason you have attached yourself to. Oh, that's not easy. (laughs) (laughs) Surrender is just, you know, it's, it's one of those places that you evolve to. It, it's just, it's mind-boggling. Um, there is fear involved. So you're going to fight against the grain. You know, you can feel the universe pulling you one way, and you're just determined <laughs> that you're going to go the other way. And many of us are guilty of this because it's a very frightful thing. It can be. You know, when when the universe is calling you for a greater calling and a greater purpose, particularly one that you are not ready for, however, equipped, and you don't really realize that you've been equipped, but you've been equipped. It's Mm -hmm. just the fear that's holding you back. And so fear will cripple us. It will incapacitate us. It will immobilize us to the point of no return. And so the surrender uh, for me came in many forms. Um, One of those forms was packing up uh, several years ago and taking my son, putting my daughter in college and taking my son and going to you know, the Atlantic Ocean of Florida and finishing my book, writing a memoir, finishing my memoir for almost a year and just allowing the sky to open up to me. And it's amazing because when you surrender, the universe just gives you everything that was already sitting there waiting for you. It was yours, you know, from the beginning and it has your name on it, what's for you is for you, and nobody can take that away. And I think once we surrender and just say, you know, use me as a vehicle, why am I here? Why, what am I here to do? Um, It it can be a, a very scary process, but once we latch on, it all becomes so much easier. It's like the sun just comes out. 
Right. And um, so much easier than being broken. That's the route I took. But yes. Yes. <laughs> you so know, much so, easier than being broken. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, either way, it's going to happen. You you have to make a change. Um, no one can stay stagnant and um, no one can avoid what it is that they were meant to be. Um, they can only sidetrack for so long. You know, mm-hmm. I've got a couple of callers on, and I don't know what they want to talk about, but we'll <laughs> we'll make it quick. When sure. the first person I want to bring on, uh, your last four numbers is six three two eight. So when I bring you on, I am talking to you. Okay, hello, okay. caller. Give us your name and tell us where you're calling from. My name is Geneva, and I'm calling from Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Good afternoon. Good evening. My Good evening, Geneva. Rochelle. Good evening. Good evening. Yes, I was um, listening. I have not purchased the book yet, but I've been told some things about it. And also by listening, it sounds like it's very interesting. I will be purchasing it. And also um, the topics that you all have discussed so far, um, I agree with um, as far as the lack of communication in African African community, American community. Communication, you know, is not like it used to be due to the social media. So that there is a lack of communication amongst us. Also, mm-hmm. um, there's not enough love going around in African African American mm. communication and African Americans. Period. <laughs> it's not you know enough love going around you know being shared like it used to be. Well, okay. you know, Geneva, we we can fix that. Um, that can be fixed. It's going to take time. Oh, it's going yeah. to take effort. It's going to take, um, you know, uh, a very high dose of self-consciousness from each individual person because change does not begin with the community, as you know. It doesn't begin with a city or a world. It begins with self. And so once we do the self-work, um you know, everything from the inside. Once the insides are right, the outsides just fall into place. Mm. Thank you for your call. Michael, do you have a comment? No, no. Uh, Thank you, Geneva, for calling in. And um, I I think this might be a good time to go ahead and let people know um, where your website is before we get to the next caller and give some information about how people can contact you directly, if you could. Okay. Well, the website is www.tuesdaymorninglove.com, and the um, the ebook is currently on Amazon.com. Tuesday Morning Love, fifty-two commentaries and weekly affirmations to honor the soul within the soldier. The paperback is being made available as of November fourth. And Tuesday Morning Love can be found on Twitter and Pinterest, Tumblr, and Facebook as well. Wow. And if anyone uh, wants to email, uh, the email address is TuesdayMorningLove at gmail.com. You know, I I am a big fan of transmedia, and a lot of people really don't know how to use. I mean, writers always know how to use Facebook and Twitter, but a lot of times they don't get Pinterest. So you're doing Pinterest too. <laughs> it took me a long time to get to Pinterest, okay. but Pinterest yeah. is wonderful. It's a wonderful tool if you uh, you know use it to your advantage. So I I encourage people. Yes. 
All right. Well, our next caller, um, your last four numbers is 5716. So I'm bringing you on now. Caller, please give us your name and tell us where you're calling from. Hello. Yes. Um, my name is Nia Chen, and I'm calling from New York. And are you, Hello, do you Nia. Have us on, do you have us on speakerphone? I do. Oh, okay. If you could, yeah, if you could take that off, that'd be great. And give us your name again. Not a problem. Nia Chen. Okay. And could Thank you spell you. that for me so I can log you in? I just want to make sure I have it right when I refer to you. Yes. N I A. Last name Chen, C H I N. Oh, I see. Great. Nia, do so, you have a question for us? Or um, a comment? Just a comment. I just wanted to say, um, you know, I really do um, kind of admire the message that you're sending. Um, I think it is really inspirational, and I know I've had my own difficulties and views with dealing with social media and how communication, you know, how we communicate today. It's definitely, um, it's just changed the way that we, we view each other and we perceive ourselves, and I just, I really appreciate, you know, I think it's very inspiring, um, everything that you've been talking about and just kind of bringing everything to the table and opening up about what we what we need to say, what we need to talk about, the things that are just being brushed under the rug a lot of the times. Thank you, Nia. How, and may I ask your age? Yes, I'm 21. Okay, and so I have a question for you. How does uh, what's going on with social media affect you as a young adult? Um, How has it affected you as a young adult? Well, as I mentioned, it's just changed the way. I'm I'm a person who's very personal and intimate with, um, with my friends and with my family, and just various ways, I mean, how people may text today opposed to, you know, making a phone call, just little things that kind of sever the ties. Mm. I think they've they've impacted all of us really. Um but hopefully hopefully we'll progress at some point because I know social media is on the rise. But um I definitely do my best to associate with people around myself who are like minded. And kind of, you know, want to promote, you know, that whole message and perspective. Very good. Thank yeah. You. And if you could, I want to keep you on the line, Nia, for a second. If you could take yourself off a of speaker, though, I, I want to I, really get yes, your I perspective. Yes, I am. Oh, you are? Okay. Now, you you talked about that it's changing the way that people communicate. What do you mean by that? Because it, it's sort of a veil, and I think that's what I see you saying. It's something that people can hide behind, and it really hides the emotions. And when you hide someone's emotions, you sort of hide the truth as well about what they might be saying or what they want to say. So yeah. tell me some of the difficulties you think that you're having with communicating with people because of uh, having to use social media to do that. Um, I personally, as I mentioned, I'm not too keen on social media. I mean, I am an actress, so it's definitely uh, a tool. It's a a necessity to promote and advocate for myself professionally. 
But I just think in interpersonal relationships and such, it it just creates, there's no clarity. Mm. You know, as you mentioned, there's that veil. You you never really know where someone's coming from. It it just, it changes, it changes everything about, about the relationship that you have with that person. Or, yeah, pretty much. Mm. Wow. Well, you know, we are, we have embarked, um, upon a millennium and a time period in which we we can't deny it, we can't fight the evolution that is happening, uh, the technical evolution that is happening. So the best thing we can do is use it to our advantage, and that is the, the purpose why um, I participate in social media. Um, other than that, I, I really would have very little interest, uh, but... You know, we can use it as a tool for growth, for positive awareness. Um, you know, when you when you discover that you have a voice, you use that voice, and I think that's what, what very many people are doing. Uh, some people are using it for um, negative purposes, and some people are using it for positive purposes. And so mm-hmm. we get to choose which side of the track we, we want to be on. Yeah. So. I agree. Yeah. So thank you for your comment and your call. Not a problem. All right, Nian. Thank, thank you for calling in. Thank you. You know, I think that social media is still brand new. So we're going to have some problems with really working through the process and making it into something that can be uplifting and really fits into our, our life as a real valid form of communication, but it's just going to take some time. And um, as you said, you know, you can be an advocate of it just by doing it in the right way, you know, by finding ways that are uh, the opposite of some of the things that are deceptive about social media, you know, and um, looking at things that are like forums and, um, you know, G-chats and things like that where people are discussing real things and topics, blogs where people yes. can interact with someone and make a comment um, just like you're doing with these commentaries. So they're, they're the right ways to go about doing things, but then there are the other ways too. But mm-hmm. I think the more people find something that they can really sink their teeth into, with social media now, things can change so quickly. And, and oh, that's yeah. the great thing about it. So. You know, we you know could be... everyone, everyone is looking to be inspired, Michael, including Absolutely. myself. Um, mm-hmm. I look for inspiration uh, every day, um, and uh, it's 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 really beautiful. It is. It can be a very good thing. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we can take a quick break or we can go right into it, because, Rochelle, you wanted to share something from your book with us. So we could either take a break or you can go right into it. Either way, it's up to you. Okay, well, we can take a short break. All right, we'll take a short break and we'll be right back with Rochelle Sotan on A Measure of Truth. If I may paraphrase Stephen King, the most important things are the hardest things to say. These are the things you feel ashamed of because... Mere words only diminish the thought. You see, words shrink things that seem limitless when they were in our hearts and minds to no more than just living size when brought out into the open. 
Oh, but it's more than that, isn't it? You see, the most important things lie too close to wherever your secret heart is buried. Like landmarks to a treasurer, your enemies would love to steal away and use against you at the worst possible moment. But still, you make revelations that cost you dearly, only to have people look at you like you're crazy, not understanding what you've said at all or why you thought it was so important that you almost cried when you were saying it. Do you know what's even worse than that? Is when the secret stays locked within and you can't get it out. Not for want of the courage to talk about it, but for want of someone who will just listen. Just listen. As someone who spends a great deal of time searching for the truth, the lesson that I've learned from this quote is, if you want the truth, you have to be prepared to release all judgment and be open enough to hear and accept the truth in whatever form it might take. Judgment alters the truth by changing how it's told or presented. Not accepting the truth stops the bearer from sharing the truth. Ignoring the truth kills ambition and is a recipe for disaster and makes success impossible. We all over the years have learned to guard ourselves against deception, but I've also come to realize that in most cases, you don't even have to discover or discern the truth. You just have to let it be and see it for what it is. Maybe you have a story too. It doesn't have to be just like the one we've heard. Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm here and I'm willing to listen. All I ask from you is a measure of truth. Welcome back, Truth Seekers. We're on a measure of truth with our special guest, Rochelle Sotan. And um, Michelle, are, are you ready now? I am. And uh, on that note, I absolutely love the title of your, uh, the name of your radio show, A Measure of Truth. It just, you know, it just constantly reminds me that the truth needs no agenda. Mm. It just is. Wow. It wow. Just is. So it's beautiful. Thank you. Thank I'm you. going to read uh, from week chapter 43 in my book. And that chapter is titled, I Didn't Know My Own Strength. And I'll, I'll ask everyone to please bear with me. I'm just getting over a cold and some allergies here. The first time that I read the international bestseller, you Can Heal Your Life by Master Teacher and Metaphysical Lecturer Louise L. Hay. I was 27 years old and at the onset of discovering what I was truly made of. Moving through my marriage gone awry and preparing to become a single parent of two brought about many challenges and fears, indescribable, but also many unforeseen encounters that would awaken the giant within. Finding resolution during that time while generating balance seemed impossible, but that experience pushed me in many ways unimaginable. It was the first time in my life that I realized I had innate powers. I just didn't know how to utilize them. 
since that cataclysmic reality and more than 15 years later, I've attentively become aware of the divine components that substantiate the who I am, survivor, soldier, supporter, and custodian of my own destiny. I have come to understand that our strength is forever tested, no matter where we are on our journey, but particularly when we assume we've got life all figured out. None of us incessantly has it all under control and all of the time. However, we can recognize that our survival mechanisms kick into gear when needed and when the alarm sounds. And none of us really know how strong we truly are until our faith, character, and willpower is tested to the maximum of limits. Some time ago, my position provoked me to reading that book again. My fingertips tiptoed to the bookshelf and pulled Louise Hay. My Louise, I call her. And it was several days after the disturbing and sudden death of pop queen and music icon Whitney Houston in February of 2012. As I began to revisit the pages, my spirit felt an unexplainable heaviness. I was saddened, as everyone else, by the worldwide news of the loss of one sincere humanitarian and one of the most stimulating performers to ever grace a platform. But more, but more empathetically, I was remembering when I was there and weeping for all of the living, walking, disconcerted souls who devastatingly fall into the dark hole of fear and cannot find their way to the light. People often get lost in fear, forget their purpose, their power, and most importantly, God's promise to them. As people, we judge others on a daily basis. The critical state of society in which we exist tells us that others' lives are much more comfortable, more luxurious, more contented than our very own, but rarely is that the case at all. Seldom are we familiar with the inner journey of another individual, their circumstance, walk of life, or relationship with the divine. Through the sharing of my own story, I considered that it would perhaps make me more vulnerable than I cared to be. I considered the many self-inflicted inadequacies that hinder everyday souls from becoming their best selves and the fears that keep them in the dark. I considered the challenges and calamities people incur that are caused by various addictions, conditions, and life choices. And that's from that's an excerpt from week forty three I didn't know my own strength wow, wow, that was beautiful thank you mm. wow you know um so this is is this at all like your commentaries or this is just your short story format um it's it's a little of both uh mm-hmm. This was derived um, from a commentary. It was uh, rewritten to make it suitable for the book. And um, mm-hmm. these these are, uh, this is a, a collection of short stories, if you will. And right. each individual story speaks of um, a different occurrence. Uh, again, the book runs the gamut from um, talking about... Um, 
you know, um, different life adversities, um, even feng shui. It talks about um, my relationship with feng shui and how feng shui can heal your life and heal your space. And so the entire book is composed to take you to another level of consciousness. Wow. Okay. Very good. And um, I I would be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit about my mentor, who is a very good friend of yours that we just found <laughs> out recently, Blanche Williams, yes. who got me started in all of this radio stuff. I mean, it was her actual um, recommendation that I try Blog Talk Radio seven years ago. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yes. um and and I just want to um, you know, give her a shout out and and say thank you once again. But um tell us about your relationship with Blanche and how you guys met and um your long-standing relationship as well. Oh, Blanche and I met uh 10 plus years ago. We met through a um, divine and mutual friend, Diane Adams, who was a celebrity cosmetologist in the D.C. area. And um, Diane transitioned uh, by way of breast cancer. She transitioned in January of 2007. Her, her story is in the book. Um, Diane was an incredible um, advocate for getting women to the doctor, picking them up in her own vehicle. Um, if they didn't have uh, food, money, it, it just really didn't matter. She saved hundreds of women's lives. She would take them to the doctor to get their um, annual mammogram. And it was just, she was just an incredible person. And to speak on that, you know, when you surround yourself with incredibly positive people, um, you know, it, it's contagious. And it's, it's, it's something that can really get you to where you want to be. Um, and the connection that Blanche and I made, I believe at the time, uh, Blanche was a uh, physical therapist at the time. Um, this was far before she started uh, XM Radio, XM Satellite Radio, and um, she was a physical therapist, and she was um, writing. She was an author and doing all these great things. And Diane just really connected us in a way that was beautiful and divine, and we've been friends ever since. And so Blanche Williams is the author of How to Design Your Mind for Greatness, and she offered, um, it was a, a mutual idea that just kind of, we had, and it just kind of hit me one day, like, you know, I've got these stories, and you've got these beautiful affirmations. And so I decided to tag her affirmations on as a collective at the mm. end of the story, at the mm -hmm. end of the stories. And so Blanche Williams provides the weekly affirmations in the book, Tuesday Morning Love, and our friendship is, has just been remarkable it's been steadfast it's been genuine and authentic and um it's just it's been wonderful it's been a wonderful journey with her 
Wow. Wow. (laughs) And that's great. She puts a special touch on the book. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and she's had quite an impact on my life as well. And I have to say that. I mean, you know, I tell this story all the time. I initially got into radio after I interviewed with Blanche for her to be my mentor as an apprentice (laughs) talk show host at XM Radio. That's incredible. Um, yeah, she invited me into the studio on her five-year anniversary, and Very a guest good. did not call in, so she put and me she on put the air. You in the hot seat? Yes, she, she put, put me on the air. Yes, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and it was yes. amazing, <laughs> and it was just an amazing yeah. event. And um, you know, I had an epiphany right then and there that I would be doing this for the rest of my life. And um, here I am still doing it today. So it's um, it's an amazing thing. And she's well, quite a motivator. She, she is. She has that, um, you know, that she's like an essence of light. You can't not mm. be around her and not be inspired. So I love right. Blanche. She's, she's my sister. She's my queen. I, I just, um, we're great. We're great. Oh, wow. Well, okay. And I have to give her a call tomorrow now. (laughs) All right. Well, hopefully, Blanche, you'll hear this as well. And um, Michelle, look, I really want to thank you for coming along and sharing with us um, passages from your book and just getting to know you. It's been an amazing experience. And, you know, I look forward to your success and progress and what you're doing and, um, you know, really finding yourself in this new niche of radio as well as, you know, continuing with your writing and your blog. You know, I I can see there's an energy, there's a process there. There's a there's a momentum that's unstoppable, and uh, we just wish you the best. Well, thank you, thank you so much, Michael. I've, I'm just honored to be on your platform this evening. Um, this has been a, a total delight, and um, I encourage your listeners and readers to uh, get a copy of Tuesday Morning Love, fifty-two commentaries and weekly as for infor- weekly inspirations to uh, for the soul within the soldier and i encourage everyone to uh, get a copy of the book and again the uh, paperback will be out on november 4th and this book is um volume one of three so there are two additional books forthcoming in the future down the road so be on the lookout for that as well um, we'll do, and we'll be sure to post the link on my Facebook page, and maybe we'll have you come back on briefly too after the book release, just to tell us a little bit about how it's going and keep us up to date on any book signings or anything like that. Excellent. Thank you All so right. much. Thank you, Rochelle. Have a great one. You too. Thank you. Good night. Well, Truth Seekers, we've come to the end of another great show. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth. A special thanks also to my mentor, Blanche Williams. Oh, wow. I'm definitely, I'm looking forward to talking with you tomorrow. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. 
and watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you.